Yuck. Oh. Hello, my dear ones. Well, we're trying to get back in action. Well, yes. All right. I hope this finds you all well and working on yourselves. I know that uh, sometimes it's a little difficult to uh, stay all raw, of course, and then when it's getting cold, cold is alkaline, of course, and then foods are that you're supposed to eat is alkaline, and then, you know, alkaline and alkaline. That's why you see all these different environments and different foods in these environments. I remember uh, when I graduated from naturopathic school, the school required four um, uh, you know, your theses. And so my main thesis was on geographical location of, of nutrition and how as you moved into the northern climate you saw more minerals in the soil. And you probably heard a fin horn. I don't, yeah, I haven't heard of that in such a long time, but you see what they grew on basically sand? I know, it's amazing when you have all the elements involved and you, you know, you have these energies involved. It just shows you how this world is the the lowest step on the ladder. It's such a chemical world in that you can work these, uh, even work this world from a much higher level of frequency and real important to do it. We talked about that last time about the importance of getting beyond the mind. Uh, real powerful uh, tool that you use, but when it dominates your world, then you have no world, you have no freedom. Your world is controlled by conditioned states. And conditioned states is colleges, universities, you see that right now. Poor young people don't know which way to turn. They don't understand socialism will choke you right off and pull you into the negative forces. You know, we talked about the individuality and freedom that America stood for and does stand for. And when you look into nature, that's what you see. Everything's individual. You know, they used to say there's no two snowflakes the same. Well, how many friggin' snowflakes do you think fall on this planet any given day? And not two are the same? I mean, it's just, you see that in humans too, although you see some humans that look real close, but there's always slight differences. And they say that with the zebras, with all the stripes. There's no two zebras the same. It's, just, it's wild out there how that can express itself in so many forms that each form be an individual expression of itself. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it, or not think about it, and look at it. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of questions I wanted to get here. This one was from Eric, and he sent me a picture, a circle of this. I couldn't see your eye, my friend. Now, I don't know, I don't have, the camera got damaged, so I can't, I don't have a way to see how much you're seeing what I'm showing you. Now, on this Jensen picture up here of the iris, I disagree with the bronchial trunks being on the, uh, if you're looking at the eye, the right side of the eye, or actually the left side toward the nasal, I don't agree with the bronchial trunks being in that area as well. Our new chart, of course, everything got on hold. Um, but the question, I think, was about parathyroid. This is a level two student. I have a detox question. Previously, Shannon would answer them, but I received an automatic email when she stated that she no longer with you guys. Yeah. I'm hoping you can help or lead me in the right direction. Sure. Well, I hope so, because she got all her information from guess who. So, 
I know that when looking at the Dr. Jensen iridology map for both eyes, there's both a blue and white bronchial sea, and I disagree with that. But then, you know, this world is meant to have disagreements. And even my friend Jensen, you know, he, uh, I just disagreed. But then he took, there's a, if you go back and look at all the Irish charts, if you've been through iridology, we threw a lot of them up, the old Ben Pexley chart, you know, real rough as it is, it's still the beginning. And that's what this is for. Uh, it is my opinion that the younger people always learn from the older people and then they take it even more. You know, because as the younger younger consciousness comes in, it's sometimes the older consciousness. You know, when you look at some of these babies coming through, some of you uh, parents out there are bringing some higher beings in here. It's like, whoa! You know, they're just like, wow! They're coming into raw food bodies, healthier bodies. Uh, their presence, their ability to, to, to see and comprehend is way out there. I've said that that's going to give some... Uh, breaking up of traditional thought forms when you see these beings like this. And uh, this world needs a lot of these higher beings coming in here. But the mistake is some of these younger bodies. The problem is universities have brainwashed our young people to the nth degree. Some of these professors are loose cannons, I'm telling you. You know, and it's just, uh, I'm hoping uh, that our educational system will break down and it'll change to where you'll see more I don't want to say trade schools, but you're in to learn something like naturopathy or even medical. That's what you go in and learn. You're not crammed and, and, and built the ego up beyond belief. You're, you're there learning the art of what you want to learn. You don't have to learn calculus if you, don't want, if you want to be a naturopath. It's crazy. You know, but it clogs, it, it clogs the brain and that whole concept of intellectualism. Uh, intellectualism is not awareness, right? So uh, there are both a blue and a white bronchial section of the iris. Uh, the parathyroid in the white section, which I know stands for parathyroid. Yeah, to me the thyroid runs right into the parathyroid. It's on the other end of it. And to me, there's no bronchial trunk on that side. The bronchial trunks are in the location that they're in. They don't move over to the other, to the inside of the nasal. And the same thing is true in the left eye as well, my opinion. But I said earlier, Jensen took all the uh, charts from Van Pexley to uh, shoot all the, um, what's it, uh, you know, off the top of my head, remember some of these uh, great iridologists out there. Uh, Lindlar, you know, he he did a lot. So there was, there's been a lot of mapping and a lot of work with this. And I think there's a lot more that can be done by you guys. You know, really research. But it takes, at one time, naturopathy was so controversial. Medical doctors were, you know, the AMA was hard trying to get rid of nature paths because we're the healers. And of course, in a uh, one world order, you do not want healing. No, because this is about population control and, uh, you know, all, all the things that are involved there, not just control, but uh, the reduction of population. It's like, why would the CDC Center not release any stats on the COVID-19 vaccines, which you know now have killed in the millions and, and harmed or injured in the tens of millions? 
they're not willing to release that, but then they'll, they'll recommend it as a protocol, as a standard vaccine for young children, six months and older, when vaccines are toxic for children, period. You know, the whole thing is not understanding the lymphatic system and understanding the body and how toxic and acidic a body can get and how full of mucus. All this is saying we're having the worst cold and flu season ever. But look at the uh, look at the congestion issues and also the vaccine issues. You've been vaccinated with COVID-19. You're you're up for all kinds of problems, serious problems. Some of these young kids, one guy's daughter just passed five days after vaccinated, 17 years old or three days. I mean, going to kill the kids, are we? I mean, it's just, you guys got to protect yourselves. Become aware and uh, don't let anybody hurt you, you know. My question is this, does this mean that if there are any markings in that white bronchial section, there is a parathyroid compromise? Well, look at where the thyroid comes down and you'll see right where the parathyroids are. The rest is the throat, the upper neck, that sort of thing. You got the throat in there. It all kind of fits perfectly, not bronchial, that's on the lung side. But if you understand where the upper uh, C-spine is, then above the C-spine, then you have the throat, right? Then you have all this area here. Just makes sense. You kind of have to look at the A and P of the body, or at least the anatomy of the body, and fix that in an iris chart. We're almost done with our chart of what what I've come up with through the years, because I've done tens of thousands, I think, of virus analysis. And it's just something you keep in your head when you're doing that. But it would be fun sometime to have a big research center dealing in iris uh, analysis and looking at all those things. It'd just be fascinating beyond belief. So Jensen did a lot himself. You know, he saw where uh, a lot of times when you have a heart lacuna, you also have a left shoulder and then oftentimes the cerebellum. And so he connected a lot of those things together and just an observation over the time and working with people. Some things stick in you. And so some of those things, like I said, I disagree with. And you also see that um, in German iridology, there was so much in German iridology that I disagree with, some really good. You know, but you can't have three lobes on the left side when there's only two. You know, I mean, there, there are certain things that if you're not anatomically correct, it kind of takes away from the science a little bit. That's where medical doctors, you know, come in and go boo-hoo, even though you guys discovered it, basically. Uh, But there's nothing... Iridology is so cool in so many ways. I was talking to uh, Jessica here, who is the counselor for the detox center, and she says, man, I feel naked now without without an iris picture. I'm going, yeah, don't you? You know by symptomology, all of you should know if you've been to our school, by symptomology what's wrong, what their problem is, right? Knowing in terms of weakness of organs or glands, that sort of thing, knowing that the lymphatic system is the premier system that you're thinking about. So you don't need an iris picture in terms of symptomology, but you don't know the depth of the problem. Is it an acute? Is it a subacute? Is it chronic? And the relationships, you don't have that overview and you don't have the overview of the lymphatic system, which is so cool. When you understand, that's why I came out with uh, lymphatic iridology. We don't, iridology doesn't talk about the lymphatic system much and neither does any other science. We are the ones, guys, that have brought this out and said, hey, take a look 
it's in your face that your sewer system is a is an extreme viable system that you forgot about or you weren't taught and that's the problem with academics if you're not fed something then you don't consider it and that's where awareness comes in over academics your awareness is hooked to all things and so when you look you can see I don't know if anybody's ever took a trip on the uh, highway of LSD or mushrooms or anything like that but that quiets the mind extremely so to where all the answers start flooding in in the universe why old Timothy Leary and all this played those games trying to get out of body but you really didn't need to get out of body because in the present moment there is no travel there's no movement in the in, in consciousness it is just extreme now with everything involved in it and all the answers are right there they funnel down through the mind when you're playing the uh, uh, body games the form games you know and especially if you're looking from the physical and you're looking up like the greatness of the mind in the astral world but if you flip yourself and you're looking down into creation not so great So uh, yeah, if you have a lacuna right there, and the problem is that's real close to that bow wall, right? And so you have to consider that, and especially when you see that lacuna invade that bow wall, small bow wall, when you see that invasion there, you know dang well it's genetics. Uh, sometimes it's difficult to determine whether a lacuna is a genetic lacuna or whether it's a uh, one you're creating in this lifetime. I say obviously the more chronic uh, or deep like a crypt uh, is uh, obviously you're looking at genetics but mostly the genetics really go right into the bowel wall why is that we talked about that that goes back to the when you were in the embryonic stages and that that trunk when the cell was opening up and you got that tadpole look that trunk is the GI tract that's the embryonic trunk uh, that's where all these tissues come off. I think Jensen's got a chart. Matter of fact, I have one sitting over there on the floor of the embryo wrapped around the eye. And maybe we'll do a, a special iris thing on that or a video on that looking at the embryonic truck. But I'd like to save that for Pat because we're going to be doing embryology, so to speak, and looking at that uh, on her uh, physiology and anatomy courses. And so I want to bring that in and how that wraps around the iris, but also how that embryonic trunk uh, becomes gut tissue. And of course, that's your spinal column and your gut tissue there. And how everything is so related. There's nothing sitting out by itself, yet everything is by itself. Isn't that cool? Everything stands alone. Every cell in your body stands alone, but interconnected to everybody. Isn't that cool? That is why everything is one, expressing itself in individual form. Be it a cell in your body, be it a blade of grass, snowflake, or a physical body. Or a gray body with big eyes. Just keep that in mind. It doesn't matter what you're seeing and who you're seeing and where you're seeing it. Same thing applies in all the worlds, all the planets, all the different beings that you see. So don't let anything intimidate you. Your individuality is just as strong as anything else out there. Connecting with that in consciousness is your power. You know, 
connecting with the mind, you can see yourself inferior and not good enough. And, oh, I'm, I don't have the education and I don't have this bull crap. That's just power and control that people have on you. And that's the mind <laughs> going back on itself again. And it's like, no, no, each and every one of you is just as powerful as the next. We all come from the same place, guys. It's your awareness that determines the differences. And that's your perspective. When your perspective of yourself is is low and you don't consider yourself worthy, then that's what you see and that's what you experience. Turn that around. Let all that go. That's just power control from others and from creation itself, controlling you, keeping you down. So your karmatic move is constant. You know, and it just keeps you locked in creation, locked in the uh, reincarnation cycle, the wheel of 84, so to speak, they call it. You know, and it's like, it's just if you understand you're on a big journey, you know, and just because you can't always remember that, when you start breaking down those chains of memory, you'll start to see all your past lives and things, and pretty soon you start to become aware. And when you meet someone, you go, you have those images of a past life you spent with them. I mean, when you start opening up your awareness and you're not focusing your attention on thoughts, you're letting your attention just, you are your attention, then these answers are right there for you and you don't have to put attention on them to ignite it. Uh, okay. So, but the marking is going to be at the end of the thyroid, the parathyroids, and then the, then the thyroid comes out. In other words, where you see the thyroid here, the parathyroids are going to be right next to them, right into the bowel wall. If you have a lacuna there, or you have a weakness there, and the same on the left side as well. Remember, you have two thyroids, four parathyroids, that sort of thing. I hope you understand what I'm asking. Please let me know if, yeah, I have included an example of what I mean down below. I understand totally what you're saying, man. But understand the back comes up here, and then you have the throat area, and it's all anatomical, you know. And then down below, you start getting into the lower parts of the bladder, prostate or ovaries and uterus and that sort of thing. But, yeah, and then connect that, though. Connect that with what? Symptomology. What kind of symptoms are you going to have when your parathyroids are down? And what is the other? That's one question for you. And the other question would be, what other possible link could you have? Could you, could you have a clear parathyroid area and thyroid? Don't see any lacunas, any, any markings. And still have a weakness in those areas. The answer would be, of course. Why? Your pituitary, your pituitary controls both thyroid and parathyroid. The medical doctors just seem fixated on TSHs, that's thyroid stimulating hormones, but you have PTH as well, parathyroid hormones, parathormones. So your your so the pituitary is a big deal, a big deal. It's a master gland supposedly. But I think it's just the antenna of the hypothalamus because the pituitary is not much bigger than this snapper.
and yet it's a master gland. Look at the size of the adrenal glands, walnuts. I mean, so when you look at all this, you have, you know, realize the connection that you have there. And you could have some lesions in the hypothalamus area as well. That's straight up and down. That's called the animation lifeline. But basically, that's your, you see it, your main CNS, your main overview there. And then your pineal's right there. It's your spiritual, pituitary, pineal, all of that's there. But that's the overseer of everybody down below. Mm-hmm. So you got to consider that. You might not have a, a lacuna in those in the parathyroid thyroid area, but still have symptomology. What's some of the symptoms you're going to see with parathyroid weakness? First of all, the classic one's depression. Big time depression. You don't utilize calcium, depression definitely sets into you. Postpartum being one of the worst ones because you know your baby's having calcium related problems and of course mama's going to lose teeth and bones and everything else too. That's why it's so important for you mamas to fix these things before you conceive. Whew. Big time. Because that the, the side effects is not good with that. And if you're short or tall, what are we looking at? Pituitary on top of that. So what's some other classic examples? How about skeletal problems? Absolutely. You know, the loss of calcium out of the skeletal system is obviously when you're acidic. The body has to find some alkaline electrolyte or lipid, as in the case of cholesterol, to deal with acids. Because if you don't, what's the nature of acids? Corrosive. Drying you out, dehydrating you, agglomulating you, making you hard as a rock. Look at the tumors. You look at a breast tumor, initially it's soft and pliable until medical doctors start mucking with it, you know, popping it open. So the more that you uh, a tumor stays in tissue, <coughs> excuse me, the harder it gets, the redder and the darker it gets. And of course, that's a pure acidic agglomulation to, and necroticism. Smell those tumors. See what it smells like. You know, it's necrosis, it's, it's nasty, it's rotten tissue. So all of that plays a role, but that is in the side of acids. You know, chemistry is very simplistic. You can make it as complex as you want, trying to figure out how God put all these elements together to make a certain substance, to make a certain form. Of course, fun stuff to play with sometimes if you don't get combobulated. But you have to understand the pillars first, and all life rests on pillars. And the two pillars of chemistry is base and, and alkaline on, and acids. And they're both not the same. Each has their own respective duties. One is full of electrons and one is full of protons. And so, you know, that's why the protons suck the electrons out of the orbits, you know, to bring a neutralization or to bring a certain uh, change in the elements. But to, to look at that, the more the body becomes acidic, you've got to move to the electron-rich foods. Well, that's your alkaline foods. And there's, what are those foods? Carbohydrates. That's your fruit, your berries, your melons, your salads. When you complex those, then those names change. It's like carbohydrates become starch. Complex a protein stru- or an amino acid structure, we call that a protein. When it comes to complex chemistry, it is more difficult for the body to break apart. And of course, the more involvement the body has in breaking things apart, the more acidic or acids that are required. Look at protein. You need hydrochloric acid where we're at, a little below 2 pH. About the same thing they give you in chemotherapy. 
So if hydrochloric acid is designed to break a, break apart tissue, and they are allowed by who's allowing them to give people chemotherapy? Who who allows this? We the people. We the people have set in with fear of these jokers who think that it's okay to give you an acid that's below two pH, when the acid that's damaging the cell is at least three pH. So you get a, a, a cancer cell, what they call a cancer cell. You damage and break down your cells at 3 pH, but they're allowed to give you a below 2 pH. In fact, I've seen chemotherapy at 1.5. That, that's probably five times hotter than uh, your stomach acids. Imagine an acid hotter than your stomach acid, which can ulcerate you and break down your tissues. It's cuckoo stuff, cuckoo stuff. So aneurysms, hernias, wrinkled skin, uh, prolapsing, prolapsing skin, prolapsing bowels, uh, all those people that can tort and move their body in all kinds of ways. You know, this is this is where you lose connective tissue, skeletal tissue, and of course, depressions. And these are some of the things that you can go on and on probably with that sort of thing. And without a good parathyroid, putting calcium back and say you're, you're pulling calcium out of joints and things like that from acidosis. So you're losing the joint, but you're getting bone spurs and all of that. How do you get that calcium back in? First, you have to turn that medium into an alkaline medium for stones to break apart. That's number one. And number two, you've got to have parathormone. You have to have a parathyroid hormone to pull that into tissue or to make that part of bone matrix. So and then when you're having high protein diets, which is high phosphorus, even though phosphorus is a a buddy, a, a younger brother to the older sister calcium, which is essential for bone matrix. And you make that little brother the big brother. It's going to suck down the little sister. And so now you lose calcium because phosphorus now is sticking the chest out. It's just learning a few things like that will be helpful if you're a practitioner and helping to explain people what's going on in your body. It's very simplistic. You know, you can get in deep into the elements and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one cares pretty much except those that like to play. And I like to play a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to be careful because if you play without awareness, you can hurt yourself and others. And that's what you see allopathically. They're playing with unawareness. Their minds have been conditioned to think a certain way, and it's hard to get away from that. Someone has to slap you. You have to have a real rough experience sometimes to break loose from these conditioned states. And, you know, they can hurt a lot of people when you're playing in those uh, fields of dreams there. So, yeah. You got to be able to know the symptomology along with that, and not only the uh, be able to look at the eye lacuna. And like I said, I disagree with Jensen's bronchioles on those sides, on the inner sides. No, it fits. It fits too much if you go look at anatomy and physiology. Look at the spine. You look at the throat. All of that fits real nice right up there in the thyroids and parathyroids. And you look at the bronchioles where you see the bronchioles. And over on the on the uh, the lung side, you'll see the upper. You got three lobes on the right side. You'll see the upper bronchial, the mid bronchial, and the lower bronchial. On the left, there's two lobes. So you have upper and lower, and you'll see that in your bronchial span there. You don't have to pick it up on the other side of the eye. Uh -uh. Not at all. 
where I might agree with some of uh, the both eyes is the pancreas because you have the pancreas kind of midsection. So you have some on the right, some on the left. I can agree with that a little bit then. Hello, lovelies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I want to thank the young man that came in the other day. Came in from, I think, New Mexico. Brought me a nice shirt here. Yep. You know, times are tough out there on the emotional levels uh, and psychic levels. And you don't want to be like a leaf blowing in the wind right now because there's a lot of people just love to control you. You're seeing that in this country so much. There's so many liars right now in this country. Oh my God. It's just amazing. So you want to you know what truth is. If you're going to fight and argue over things, then you want to be the one sitting on truth. You don't want to play political or conceptual games where people are controlling the way you look at things. You know, the abortion issue is a big one out there. And everybody went down on the Supreme Court on this. Well, the problem is, is that it wasn't explained properly. And the court's just saying we as a federal court at a federal level cannot tell you to or not to, which is appropriate. You don't want the feds telling you what to do or what not to do. Your state, we, we are 54, oh, 52 states, wasn't it? Or, oh, 50 states. Oh, what, what? How many states do we have? That was funny. I have to tell you, that's not good. You know, someone in power like that doesn't even know how many states in the union. But the states in the union, if you're in law, you'll notice that it has the 50 plus states, you know, the 50 states. These are important to understand. They're not the federal territories. They have uh, federal territories and insularities. These are all their own. It's like Washington, D.C. is not a state, federal territory. Their feds have total jurisdiction there. But then the federal government is the government of the, of the federal people, not of the states. It says 50 several states when you look at law, and that is each state has their own laws, their own Supreme Courts, their own uh, House and, and Senate and all that. Each state has their own rights to have their own laws. That's where you want to fight for whatever law you want. If you want abortion legal, you, whatever state is, you have to get there and have the, that Supreme Court and that pass that law. There would be jurisdiction there. The feds, you don't want the federal government. That's one of our problems. We have open borders because the feds claim jurisdiction over the, uh, you know, over the borders. Well, if you've got a corrupt federal government, why don't we take a look? The FBI in America is totally corrupt. The CIA, we have no good law enforcement except local sheriffs. And hopefully some of them, you know, hopefully most of them are pretty, pretty straightforward. But, you know, you can get a corrupt sheriff real bad. You know, so our law enforcement has never been held to higher standards. It's been uh, politicized in this country. So you see that downward trend to tearing apart America. But then that's the globalists, the world order people. And it sounds cool to have global, everybody's the same, everybody brother and sister. That's not what globalists are about, guys. 
They're about making you think that, like the Chinese, the old Chinese guy that's going for his, what, his third term, wants you to think that the family, they're all about the family. Yeah, the family is the government. Go against the government and whoosh, Same thing here. You know, if you're going against the government, they want to make you look like you're uh, something out of hell, some evil devil. I mean, it's not so good. So to maintain a high level of spirituality, there has to be an element of truth in that, you know. And so I don't know in these times, I saw this coming a long time ago. Matter of fact, the masters have been around, so many beings being poured into here. I told you that when I came, there was a lot of us come together, spread out all over, because it's not just this planet. I recently started teaching people about detox and cell regeneration, and that's what's important is that we regenerate. True naturopathy is about regeneration, rebuilding. So you start where you are and you rebuild yourself. You learn how to gain control of the mind and emotions, and then you want to, if you want to rebuild your mind, you want to do what your mind to do for yourself, you do that. You don't let your mind be a, a victim of, of our society and of pol politics and things like that because that's all controlled bullcrap. Everybody wants to own a piece of you, wants to take your money. And it's all that. You know, back in the day, it was on truth. How do we make our world better? Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican in this country, it doesn't matter. How do we make the world better? How do I make life easier for its inhabitants? You know, but not turning out that way, is it? But that's how you learn. Wasn't it uh, Switzerland that learned you can't have a government like that? And how acids play a major role in diseases. Massive things. Oh, thanks, thanks, honey. N-E-E-N-Z. Uh, Nins? Uh, be careful with the word diseases. Even though we talk about diseases, when you're in practice and you're working with people, just be careful about using that terminology because medical people hate you to use their words. And actually, I, I, I can't blame them. That you know, we got to teach people that that's a fallacy. Disease, that whole word is, is a fallacy. That whole word is a preconceived and, and set up word to make you think you have no power or control over your health. And that only someone that went to medical school and that learned their diseases. Well, you ever know that the etiology or whatever of diseases, no one knows, and we don't know what causes it. So, no, oh, it's an autoimmune problem. The, the, safety, the safety net of allopathy, you know, it's an autoimmune problem. I have an autoimmune problem. What the hell is an autoimmune problem? What is your immune system, by the way? Anybody know? Of course you know. It's that lymphatic system. That's your sewer system. That's where the body gets rid of stuff. Yeah, you have some slight immunity in the blood to help that out a little bit, but that's, that's nothing. Your main immunity is going to be how the body gets rid of what it doesn't want in it, right? Blood doesn't do that. Blood is your kitchen. Here's the goodies. Here's that juice you wanted. Here's that grape juice. Here's that smoothie you wanted. Its job isn't to get rid of the waste of the body. Heck no. You know, we've talked a lot about that. And also why maybe the, uh, some of the vessels of the lymphatic system piggyback the blood vessels. I, mean, I think that's really thrilling to look at that, either through diffusion or osmosis. I, I'm really, I find we don't know crap 
about really what's going on sometimes. We think we do, you know, in a physiology but it's, and biochemistry, but it's like, really? Remember Pat's class, she put two professors up. One was so egotistical, he was rattling off, I forget what we were studying, maybe a mitosis or whatever it was, and he was going on like he knew it all. Well, if you're a student in his class, you're sitting there going, really? You're acting like you know it all, and of course you have students that don't know it. <clears throat> so the worst professor on the planet is one that sits up there and touts all this intellectualism and doesn't teach you, doesn't draw you a picture so you can see for yourself how it all fits. A good professor is going to show you how it all fits and make it easy and simple for you to understand. Simplicity first and then complexity if you like. But keep it simple. Understand the overview. We talked about the whole concept of a jigsaw puzzle, having a picture. By having no picture, and that's all a pathy. They have no picture of the health of the body. And when you have no picture of chemistry and everything and how it kind of fits, because you have to put it all together. Even chemists, I find, are ignorant in that, thinking the body is alkalotic when that's far from the truth and, and it doesn't fit with, with uh, cell. Uh, uh, or uh, uh, metabolism, crib cycles, and all the side effects of the crib cycles. You know, all the barriers that fall off of that. These are acids, scorbic acids. Well, acids are not always our friend. Acids are our friend in some levels. Estrogen is a friend, unless it dominates. Testosterone, these type of acidic steroids, uh, or gonadals are, are stimulants in a minor way. You don't have estrogen, you have vaginal dryness. So in certain ways, you know, these minor acids play a vital role. It's when you pull down into the hotter ones, or you get into the higher alkalis that can hurt you, you know. I drew up a diagram to provide a visual representation of the increasing severity of diseases as acids continue to build up in the body. Oh yeah, I remember this. And the medical terms of diseases to help make sense of it all. I understand your goal in doing that. And in a way, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. I help those that are involved in allopathy for sure. Could be a great tool if you can get that down right. I haven't taken a lot of time to look at yours. I will show this. What you sent? But yeah, when you have, you know, your uh, acute, subacute, and chronic, you could maybe break it into simple bronchitis and then deep, deeper into uh, uh, COPD, perhaps. Uh, but still, you in a uh, certain level of bronchitis, you could. I don't know even how you could lump that, you know, because really when you see an itis, you're seeing inflammation of that related area. The depth of that is going to be a cancer of that tissue. In other words, when you see cells, you're going to find that atypicalness in that involvement, even though they're still calling it bronchitis. You could have a deeper level of bronchitis, you know, where it settles in deeper and be more subacute, and those chronic levels where it's just eating, chewing up the tissues. Of course, that's going to affect oxygenation, going to affect lung performance and lobal performances and stuff like that. 
uh, you know, I mean, you, when you get into the diagnosis of cancer, you're getting into cells, but you, that tissue, related tissue, doesn't all have to be in a chronic level to have a cancer cell. You could have a, an obstruction in a lymph node in a certain area of tissue that will make that level become necroticized because it, acids are just going to chew that up, but another part of that tissue not be because that lymph node isn't in another direction. I mean, there's a lot to think about when you're going to put a chart like that together. I mean, my mind goes cuckoo. I mean, you can really get out there. And then you have to really study all the medical diseases. And that's, you know, that's a trip on the self. In other words, you would have to know this book pretty good. <laughs> you know, Tabers. And uh, get heavily into that. But because you could have light skin diseases or what they call skin diseases like eczema and stuff and still be basically in the acute levels, subacute. You could, you could claim maybe psoriasis was much more toward the upper subacute into the chronic levels, you know, where you're breaking down tissue. Ulceration is obviously getting into the chronic levels because now you're breaking down cells. I think the ultimate in the chronic levels is that there's the degenerative levels that follow that. In iridology, when you're looking at the lymphatic system, we're not looking at degenerative issues in the lymphatic system because we're looking at a fluid. So that would be in a lacuna where you're seeing black in tissue. That is then the degenerative levels. Your brown levels, your deeper dark brown levels in your brown eyes, and of course brown in a blue eye. Now you're going to start to see that the clunas or the trabecula opening up and looking more crypt and more dark. Yeah, that, that's when you're going to see more of the degenerative levels. But then again, I've seen breast tissue that look just, you know, maybe an acute level and they pull out a cancer cell. Oh, you got a cancer cell in there, so you have cancer of the breast. Oh, please. Anytime you have a tumor and you have a round tissue, the tissue within that tumor, is, there's nowhere to go but necroticize. So you're going to go into a tumor and pull that? Well, I've, I've said it before, assume that you know those cells in that tumor is gone. Let the body open that tumor up and get rid of all that. Where do cells that have been damaged go in the body? When the body's working properly, where does a damaged cell go? To a lymph node, right? What's in a lymph node that deals with damaged cells? macrophages. And the problem with that is in tissue where you can't get cells to lymph nodes because of agglomulation and kidney uh, not filtering properly, then you're going to see the monocytes become macrophages and now you're going to see that frenzy within that tissue. It's all that is. But it's, if you understand the lymphatic system and lymph nodes and you understand the kidney connection, that's the big one you guys know, then you know that you've got to get that opened up. To, op to get to the tissue, you've got to open up the, the eliminative organs. But when you have your medical staff seeing clear urine is essential or you have an infection, you're blowing all that out of, out of the water and they're sitting there with, with stupidity on their face because they're trying to stop kidney filtration. And what do they use to stop kidney filtration, by the way? Antibiotics. You start taking antibiotics, it'll stop kidney filtration. Hmm. Huh. Not smart. That's why you see like vancomycin destroy the kidneys 
and you go into kidney failure with too much vancomycin, of course death then precedes that. Vancomycin is a good killer. You see it with, um, oh, what's that one? It's still very prevalent in hospitals, and I hate this one. Um, yeah, can't think of it this morning, but you know, it's very readily used. It'll come to me in a minute. But these are, these are sad things when we're using chemistry to hurt our people. And a lack of understanding, well, a lack of understanding is a lack of awareness. And when you're using your mind in today's world and the conditioned states of that, even naturopathic conditions your mind, you've got to go to more spiritual beings, I hate to say that, to get into awareness, but that's what spirituality is. The ability to see without a conditioned mind. Because, you're, again, your conditioned mind blocks your awareness. Oh no, you're, that's not true from the higher self because my mind says it's not true. Now again, all this is very important to understand. If you want to be a free being and you want to have fun in your life, you want to feel good in your life, but you want to have an awareness base so you have children, families, and everything else that's uh, vital to help. Because in this day and age, they want to they want to offer your children. Giving a, a, a COVID-19 vaccine to six months is pretty much guaranteeing you're going to kill your child. Sad stuff. Sad, sad stuff. But when you get into the stages one, two, three, and four in the cancer, I don't know what to tell you with that sort of thing. Uh, I'd have to really put my thought on this, and that's like, but. So you could, you could conclude that your acute stages could be um, uh, you're in more inflammatory stages, but you're going to see that inflammatory stage almost all the way through. Your body trying to open up that doorway and you bring in more blood or, you know, whether it's the use of uh, interleukins or histamines or, or the use of cholesterol and the yanking of calcium. All of those are your body's effort to stop acidosis because acids take no prisoners. That's obvious. And when you're getting in metabolic acids, you're down to three pHs. That's Coca-Cola, Pepsi. That's these very hot acids that burn tissue up. So again, you know, think about chemotherapy. And when someone says you have a cancer cell, all right, and they want to give you chemotherapy, you're pretty much making almost all your cells in your body prone to become a cancer cell. Just hold that 2 pH. I mean, see what the chemo, and I've shown you this before. Look at a chemotherapy spill on your skin, which is made of what? Cells. And you could conclude a little tougher than, let's say, a, uh, a lung cell. But hold that same acid present in a lung tissue. Those cells are going. And that's acceptable and accepted worldwide. Really? So look at your, uh, your uh, political people, your... Uh, the people you put in over you to, to uh, control you, to pass laws that control you, and ask yourself, these people are as dumb as the other ones. You know, people buy into the allopathic that there's some righteous people out there and that they only have your health in mind. You're drinking something or smoking something in the back room. That is not the case. And a good case of that is how corrupt the CDC centers are. I would invite Dr. Tenpenny and a bunch of these top-line medical doctors to put a major lawsuit against the CDC centers for crimes against humanity and Americans. 
These guys are lost it. But again, they're part of the globalization, the one world order. And if you think the one world order amounts something cushy and cozy, I want you to think again. So I don't know what to say here with this, you know. But acids are the the product of this. Alkalis, you know, you get way up there. You can get burnt pretty bad on alkalis too. Let me tell you. But that's far more rare. That's you know that takes a lot to get up into alkali. That takes a uh, you know involvement with chemistry at these levels. But again, too alkaline can be a problem too. That's where you talked about the Kegan waters and stuff, giving you nine pH when your blood is seven point four. Remember the law of homeostasis. I'm giving, I'm hitting nine pH in a blood that's seven point four pH. Pretty soon, I'm going to be pulling that blood pH up, getting more toward the nine pH, right? Well, that's when you start getting an alkalosis. That 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 you know, on either side is not good when you get down into the lower levels. But by far, the lower levels of acids is where a man suffers from, not the higher levels of alkalosis. That's ridiculous. You can't even draw a map that way. But you can draw a big map to metabolism and systemic or cellular acids, just like activity, lactic acid from the movement of muscles. That's not an alkali. That's an acid. And of course, you're getting into what dehydration and all those things that athletes understand, but don't know how to fix properly. You know, I'd say maybe uh, what's his name, the football guy that's into raw foods, when I just got a divorce. It's with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 having a hard time with that. So I'll throw it out there to you guys if you want to send out uh, on Great uh, Gate or some of the other items and work with that with this individual. Uh, maybe you could help him uh, put together a chart like that. Uh, uh, having a nice chart to show how. A disease is nothing more than an acidotic, mostly an acidotic involvement or acidic involvement and what you're going to see on the other end of that. But you also have to consider the condition of a cell because a subacute level can, can take a, a cell right down to Hellville. <laughs> you know, you hold those acids there too long. Uh, I don't know how to say that. It doesn't always have to be a chronic level of lymph stagnation to pull you into having some cancer cells. But then you could argue at that local tissue level, having acid stagnant for a long time, that could be a chronic involvement around that tissue and not show up so much in an iris that way. Because like I've said, I've seen a lot of acute and subacute level of lymphatic areas in, say, breast tissue that they pull cancer cells out. I mean, that is a mind game beyond belief, you know, and I particularly at my age, I don't want to get more in the mind. I'm going to get out of that mind. It really wants to do harm right now. So thank you for that, though. That is, uh, I, when I was younger, that's kind of the way I was, you know, just trying to put everything link, 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 and I appreciate that type of thinking. I really do. But be careful with it, you know. So I'm pulling from some of these old questions that we have here, and again, apologize for the lateness, but we've had a lot of things going on down here. 
that's uh, kind of blocked us from this. Getting you out right. These are all in April. Could please Dr. Morris address what diet regimen is recommended to keep to rebuild oneself after a regenerative detoxification protocol? As there are times for detoxing and times for rebuilding. So, let me give you an example. February, right? July. Now, he was detoxifying all the while, right? They're synonymous. As you move out these acids, the tissue's going to rebuild. Because the same food that cleans you rebuilds you. That's the, the joke of it all. Your body detoxifies itself because you're giving it a high electron or a high energetic alkaline food source. And why with the fruits? Because we're frugivores. The, the sugars are much better for us because we're much more uh, electrically active in our thoughts and our, our nervous systems. I mean, look at the primates and the homo sapiens and what these creatures and the whole humans can do in terms of constructing and putting one and one together and building skyscrapers and, you know, all, all that that implies. You don't see that in all these other levels. You don't. All the awarenesses are there because all the awarenesses come out of what? The same place. Whether it's a horse you're talking to and looking at or whatever. But their degree individually, their degree of self-awareness, the degree of that is not there. You know, because that's that ongoing movement that you go through. I don't know how many of you went back in your journeys, but if you go back enough, you'll see where you weren't always human. And that, uh, you know, you, you had awarenesses building your, where you are right now in the human state when you weren't human. And I've been back to a lot of them. And it's part of the growth of consciousness into self-consciousness, into developing an individual consciousness that can create, self-create massively. If you think about it or look at it, you, as an individual, you start creating individuals that become self-aware and can create universes upon universes. Pretty soon, you're taking yourself and expanding it infinitesimal. I mean, you can't even grasp it mentally. So it's just the divine increasing its ability, even though you can't say there's a beginning and there's an ending. But individualizing itself, giving itself something to do, something to play with, but something to increase, because obviously there's an increasing of awareness and the ability to have self-awareness and the ability to create from that. 
it's just amazing when you look at this and you look at it through the eyes of spirituality and the eyes of consciousness and how consciousness individualizes itself, which is you, me, chemistry, everything is in its own individual state, even though it comes together and creates different forms. That's why you have the gifts of the gemstone guardians, where you have gemstone masters that deal with gemstones and the, and the energy and the consciousness of the gemstones. It can go down into micro levels, into levels that you need electron microscopes and now levels that are even much deeper than that. Remember, some of these scenes that you get deep in there now, it's just light figures moving around. There's an awareness into some of the most micro levels that you can get to because nothing in creation has no awareness to it. Consciousness evades everything. So there's nothing that can be unaware. You know, I mean, you can say unaware at levels, but there's always an awareness to everything. I remember when Rush Limbaugh did a radio, I was rebuilding a house and uh, to flip and uh, it was a tough job and this old guy that was working with me he was a Cuban guy great out-of-body traveler uh, he was listening to Rush Limbaugh so we had to listen to it and it was like so Rush Limbaugh says does chickens have consciousness well he concluded no they don't they're just there for man to eat <laughs> and that's unconscious thinking in itself so it's just understanding that all life at no matter what level comes out of awareness and that when it gets to a certain point it can see that and move back into that state and there's a lot of you that can do that now that's why the Jay Krishnamurtis of the world and the Paul Twitchells of the world and the Darwin Grosses of the world help people to learn about the now and the importance of that Ram Dass even bringing bringing that uh, that awareness into the present moment and there's degrees of that you know infinitesimal degrees of that and even of the mind I mean oh my god there's so many levels but you must get stable within the self because that is you and you will always be you and as you develop and grow and become more aware that sense of of the alone state, the individual state is intense, can get very intense to emerge again with the alone state because that alone truly exists. There's only one thing that exists, even though in creation you're seeing all kinds of things, all kinds of tools. Here's my alien balls, O2s, pH papers, but each comes from individual molecular structures, each from its own electromagnetic waves of energy, each coming out of the worlds of the mind. I mean, it becomes massive when you look at it. You know, it's amazing. So, always don't ever defeat yourself with that. Always know that you are the one. Like somebody was reaffirming that, put your oxygen on yourself first and then your kids because it is vital that you survive or you're going to be playing the will of the 84. You're going to be bumping around with this person controlling your emotions, this person controlling your emotions. You grab your own. If you don't like how you feel, get beyond your emotions. Know that your body's chakras or uh, endocrine gland system plays vital roles in how you think, how you feel.
But if you're beyond the mind, you're beyond emotions, they can't control that. You can feel those subtleties, but then you have the power to override that and become strong within weaknesses that your body might have, your, your astral bodies. Your physical body reflects your mental and emotional states and the weaknesses that you have in those states. And by getting the physical body healthy, you will regurgitate back into the astral body and the mental bodies and affect their health as well. As soon as you move your attention from being the effect to the cause, from the I think to the I know, then you have total control over them. And no one else then can control these because you're watching the mind, you're watching your emotions, you know they're linked to weaknesses within the structures. But these weaknesses are all tied to diet and all tied to everything else. But getting off track here, <laughs> typical me, but realize that your foods, your body is detoxifying because you're giving it the food to rebuild itself. You're giving it the food that it's designed to eat. And the same food that, that your body uses to then detoxify, remember detoxification is easy to understand. You're just hydrating. You're moving your body from the acid side of chemistry more into a hydrated alkaline side of chemistry. You're now removing and getting your body's ability to remove the acids out of itself. You know, it's birth, life and death on every level. And that includes metabolism, digestion and everything else like that. You know, the body uses the electricity out of these foods and <laughs> spits out the skeletons. Like on the news this morning, they said there's a dog down in Mexico running around the streets with a human head in its mouth. Just saying. So you just realize that that same diet, you, it's not changing the diet. Matter of fact, what you tend to do is more balance out because these raw diets are so electrical and man is not used to high energy food diets. It gives you a buzz, you know, and you can get a real big buzz. You don't have to smoke anything, take anything or drink anything. The diet will give you the buzz because that's where the high electric electricity is. Well, when you start getting into now, that's the biggest buzz you can get. You can't get more nirvanic and, and, and have ecstasy beyond these things except more in the now. There's a certain point, like I said, you're not, you can't get beyond or you'll cease to exist here at this level <laughs> and many of the other lower levels, to be quite frank with you. And if you're ready for that and you're done with these levels, okay. If not, you know, then that's, they're going to stop you. You know, it's not going to let you get into these levels. I'm amazed that Paul Twitchell and some of these Ekmatchers have had some of these levels that you just, you know, you just, the magnetism to that is beyond your ability to stop. I told you, I, I myself was, had to try to stop myself. It says, don't come any farther. You've got you to stop. you got to stop. You won't come back. And it was hard. It was real, real hard to put on the brakes because nothing here is uh, like that. When you're talking about nirvana and ecstasy and overwhelming joy and happiness, <laughs> I mean, there's not much want to keep you down here now, what I call down here. So your protocols are the same. What I find out, you tend to balance out more so you're, you're able to handle <laughs> life a little more uh, 
homeostatically, a little more balanced because you can get way out there. And if you're not a control, your mind and emotions can trip you and then you can become an idiot. You know, you can really take yourself into uh, levels that you might not wish you got into because you lost control of that. So developing a sense of strength and control of consciousness is important. That's why there's steps to this. In a way, that's why uh, there's initiations, what they call initiations in a lot of these spiritual teachings and things. Uh, Christianity has all these different levels, uh, baptism and all these things. Uh, I don't know what in Catholicism brings you into the uh, the monk levels where they're going out into the desert and fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, having out-of-body experiences. You never hear that in Catholicism. There was a lady that she was a, a, a devout Catholic, but she wanted a, a Sufi experience of out-of-body. She wanted to understand herself more because Catholicism couldn't give it to her, but she didn't want to give up her belief systems. I get that, maybe. And so she went and became a whirling dervish, which allowed her to connect with herself more through activity and stuff like that. But you don't have to whirl, you don't have to do anything to do that, just learn how to stop thinking. And that has become the watcher, remember that old saying, the watcher of the threshold? Or the great divide, the great divide between consciousness and the thought. We all know that eating nuts in big quantities is not a smart thing to do, and it's not a smart thing to do even when you're in a healthy situation. You know, I mean, it's one thing to pop a few almonds and a few pecans, and not so much in the cashew uh, bean levels and the peanut bean levels, but in the true nut levels, you know. Uh, I'm an old hickory nut uh, lover back in Indiana. I loved hickory nuts. Uh, but again, by the time you crack a nut and dig out the meat, you you only eat so many of them. Walnuts are so heavy on you, so full of oils. But again, if you had to open up a walnut by hand, <laughs> you might open up one while you're cussing, while you're staining yourself real bad. But these are things that even the coconut can be complex, but then it's not easy to open up a coconut, you know. So sometimes we have to take things in moderation, and that's okay. You know, when I had health food stores back in the early 70s, man, I'd have a big handful of almonds and raisins. Oh, man, when you mix raisins with almonds, oh, man, that's so good. But again, they're not compatible in their mixtures, but that's what you get into. Trail mixes and things like that, you can go, you know it. And it's like, ugh, you know, you've got your seeds, and all these are complex chemistries. And you easy to eat handfuls of these, really easy, especially when you're malabsorbed and your body's craving energy and nutrition. Open that doorway up, and your body will suck down all it can out of a piece of fruit, and you'll feel fulfilled. You don't have that super need for, you know, consuming nutrition. Uh, uh, consuming starchy vegetables can contribute to fungi and other issues, absolutely. Complex chemistry is not in the order of the day because it all leads to either <laughs> overuse of bacterium or, or fungus, like you say, or, uh, you know, overacidosis. You know, or you could argue alkalosis maybe with complex starches.
but again, these are things that man has created. Most of the starch, man has created those. You know, the wheat and the rye and all this sort of thing. The greens, again, you're looking at structure. So when you look at a structure of an elephant versus a structure of a primate or a structure of a horse, when you look at your herbivores, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're used to needing more uh, complex uh, nutrition, which a, a vegetable, you can argue, is a little more complex than a fruit in its nutrition. That's why green drinks and we created juice extractors and things like that. But again, uh, I was up in, um, oh, this is up in New Smyrna Beach, and you guys know the guy's name, uh, but gave some lectures up there and we had some very, very strong wheatgrass juice. And I was telling this one dude, man, don't overdrink the wheatgrass. Well, he was starting to overdrink the wheatgrass juice. And it was like, somebody going to rush this guy to the hospital? He was starting to go, oh, oh, oh. And I'm going, hey, warned you. You know, more isn't always better. Let's put it that way. More of something good isn't always better. So uh, you have to be careful with that. But when you take a look at that, elephant's muscles, a horse's muscles. I mean, look at a wild horse. What's their diet? You know, they're, they're not pumping protein. Matter of fact, you give protein to a, a herbivore, you bring them down. Look at what they're giving protein to cattle did. Hoof and mouth, mad cow. This is what we didn't see that when you gave them. They were just grass eaters. You know, it's just when we started giving them higher proteins because the industry thought that we needed to give these animals higher proteins, build them up more. But you know, look at look at what we do when we uh, take a cow to market. We bring them off the grass, and what do we do? We grain feed them. Why do we do that? Why do we grain feed a cow about a month before you're going to take it to market? You're going to marble the meat with what? Fat! Because it's tastier. You ever have a real complex protein steak from, let's say, uh, some of these organic farms out west, and the meat has just solid, no fat in it? It's, it's different structure. So we marble the meat with fat because it tastes better easier to break down. So we have to grain feed. What happens when a horse who doesn't know how to stop eating breaks into, we had one of our best horses break into the uh, oat uh, bin where we kept all the oats and corn and stuff. And a horse can't stop eating oats, so what happens? What that's called? Foundering, right? A high state of acidosis. Well, back in the day, the only one thing they did to a, a horse that foundered was pop. You shot him. Now, thank God, people are learning how to detoxify uh, animals that are foundered like that. But not in the old days. That it shows you that a high ingestion of grains creates a high level of acidosis or alkalosis, one of the two. So, yeah. Now, the same, same diet. That guy stayed on the same diet, the same fruit. That wasn't a vegetable toe, that was a fruit toe. Fruit berries and melons. And not only did he detoxify his body and alkalize it, it rebuilt the tissue right. Well, of course it does. Same, same. It's just that in the beginning stages, until the body cleans itself out, that's part of the process of rebuilding, is cleaning out the acids. And it's just alkaline chemistry, you know, bringing uh, acids out of, out of its uh, acidic state and getting it out of the body. And the lymphatic system is the system that does that.
Hi. <laughs> Cute. Seven years ago during a cold, a sudden pain developed at the middle of my upper back between my shoulder blades. It has spread to my entire back eventually. It is persistent. I tried acupuncture, cupping, etc., but it is not going away. What would you recommend? All right, so you had a cold and sudden pain developed in the middle of your back. Is that on the spine, in the spine? Did you have a compressed spine uh, happen with that, coughing too much or whatever? You could have compressed the spine. But all of that is a sign of acidosis, of course. Congestion, you could have herniated the disc or whatever. Of course, you all radiate out that way. Even with the lungs, your nervous system radiates out from the spine, your lymphatic system, blood vessels all radiate out. Uh, could be a muscle tear, something like that, and you're starting to feel that all along there. It does suggest, though, that you have a lot of acidosis in that area and that you're not draining that area properly down the kidneys. So if you want remedy from that, the first thing is you have to open up that doorway of kidney filtration. That'll begin to pull the muscles and any herniations or anything like that out. Cupping, things like that, you really want to go through proper channels, in my opinion acupressure, acupuncture. I mean, you could do neurolymphatics. That to me is just as viable. Have a good uh, massage therapist do some, uh, or a chiropractor do some deep work on your uh, neurolymphatic points. That'll open up that flow down through there and uh, get those kidneys opened up. Then you'll feel that draining from that. That'll take that radiating pain or, you know, the movement of the stagnation of the lymph. To have a cold, or a cold and flu-like symptom, what must you have? You must have your terrain backed up. You must have uh, lymphatic uh, stagnation in the body because when the body's clean, I don't care if you got COVID or what you've got, you're not going to have a symptom one because there's nothing to have a symptom on. A viral in involvement, one viral or so in ingestion, nah, you've got to have it take hold. And that is the condition of your terrain or the inner condition of your lymphatic system. And when your lymphatic system is agglomerated, the body can't get rid of those uh, proteins or viruses, even the ones your body is producing, to help initiate that. That's part of the problem, is when you're breaking down tissue, they release their own viruses because you need help. The body needs help to get rid of or clean that related area. That's why the memory RNAs. But again, if you're agglomerated, there's nowhere to go, you know, unless you form a tumor, a cyst, or a pimple, or you have skin conditions, the body trying to get it out through the skin. But then again, that's when you see thyroids down and agglomeration subcutaneously and everything else of the skin. So again, when you're able to have a cold and flu-like symptom, whether it's a cold air doing it or any protein uh, uh, involvement or, or overtaxing yourself to where the body needs some help, you're going to see that. And then when you bring in high electrical currents in the body, well, yeah, baby, hydration starts coming in, and hydration means you're going to start taking that which is stagnant that which is hardened and loosening it up and moving it around. But when your eliminative organs are blocked, very little of that can accomplish. That's why when you have a massage and he or she opens you up pretty good, you feel pretty good. The next day you're starting to feel it come back a little, come back a little. And within the week, there you go again, oh, back again. That means you're not eliminating. These people are just needing and moving around this uh, lymph and muscles 
to where you know you feel good for the moment, but again it comes flowing back. That's why it's vital for a massage therapist to understand you don't lymphatic drainage to the heart, to the subcutaneous, to the inferior vena cava. You don't even think of that sort of thing. You understand that kidneys and skin are your eliminative organs, and particularly the kidneys. You know, and you need healthy kidney function, uh, filtration to have that accomplished. You need to have a good thyroid to be able to have some fevers to get in. Why would a fever be? Why is hospitals so scared of fevers? Oh man, I saw, and it's a great hospital, Sarasota Memorial is a great hospital, really great. Fever, scared of, 99 fever, scared of, oh you got to stay another night. I saw him do it to the patient next door, you got to stay another night, you got night, you got a little temp. Oh Lord, oh, I mean it is sickening when you see what goes on in hospitals and the treatment based thinkers. It's one thing to have surgery and have a surgeon come in and help you uh, involvement with something that you need a surgery for, but then it's uh, the treatment of problems is unbelievable and if the stupidity is one drug after another drug after another drug you get a fever taking the drugs. It's like, oh my God, the body's trying to eliminate. It's about time allopathy wakes up before it becomes the evil one on the planet because right now it's got an evil stamp on it right now. It's more responsible for deaths of humans than any other modality on the planet. That includes car accidents. You can't become a killing machine and claim you're for the health of people. It's just don't, it's an oxymoron there. And it's a lack of understanding of the lymphatic system. It's a, it's, a, it's a lack of understanding that Rockefeller did a damn good job in his uh, uh, journey to become uh, a globalist. And, uh, you know, to become a globalist thinker, you have to have the understanding that you have to annihilate a lot of humans. It's not just turning it into a one world order. The one world order has genocide in mind. These people are above everybody. And you see the genocide. Why would you create a vaccine untested that's killing everybody and knowingly and then hiding it? And then Pfizer coming out and wants babies backed. So much of part of the uh, genocide people. Pfizer bad. All these people, all these families need to be held accountable. So maybe one day the karma will shift. We'll see. So um, to break this loose, you know, and again, this could be a reflection of bronchial lung and you definitely, what's one food you would want to stay with when you have that up there? And again, your, your upper T-spine could be involved and you pinch that, that puts pain radiating through the cellulars. But what's the one food source you want to eliminate when you're having these sort of things? Dairy products. You want to eliminate dairy products. That's all mucus forming and you mucus up the bronchi and lungs, you're going to radiate that pain even more. And you could have some, uh, some, you know, involvement in the lung tissue with that. You know, you could have some lymph nodes swollen or even some small tumors or things developing in the lungs, polyps, things like that. It's just radiating inflammation. But to open that doorway to get that radiating inflammation out of there or that radiating acidosis out of there, you have to move to the uh, alkaline side of chemistry. You have to move to the fruits, berries, melons and your vegetables 
and open up that kidney matrix. And no, what's bet, no better to help you than the botanical kingdom? I, I tell you, the botanical kingdom is our savior. Excuse me, is our saviors. And you don't want to uh, forget about our lovely herbs. Even if you can't afford them, make yourself teas. Try to get individual herbs. However you can get herbs, use them. If you can afford our detox program, at least for the first month or two, do that because it's going to deworm you. It's going to open up kidneys. It's going to do all that. But you got to do diet with it. It's not enough just to do the herbs. You've got to do diet. Together, you've got win-win. You've got power uh, 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 of the of the. Uh, the universe. You've got the power of everything that that's meant to physically uh, affect you in the positive ways. So it's just going down that road and learning that. It's not always easy. You know, self-discipline isn't always easy. That's why I always harp on families. Do not be afraid to discipline your children. Undisciplined children never have the discipline for themselves. And the worst thing you can do as a parent is not teach your children discipline. Because that then creates radicalness, and that's what you're seeing—a very undisciplined young uh, group out there, and they don't know what they're doing. They're bumping from one thing to another, controlled by ide uh, ideology and things like this. And it's like you got to come back to some semblance of, uh, you know, reality, and that things move in a certain order of things. And there's a natural need when consciousness is expanding. There's a natural need for improvement environment and things like this. It comes naturally as a process. If you try to choke it down the throat of people and the time isn't ready, then that's when you create all these problems. So time in it, everything is in its own time. The most important thing you do is get your time. Make this your time to wake up. And as you wake up, others will wake up too because you'll put your hand out to help others. And as others wake up, they will be more involved in, in all types of environmental things, all types of, of, of um, uh, important issues that you want, that you see in a civilized society. You don't see in a civilized society all these people having uh, violent riots and all these things like this. You don't need that because awareness pervades and natural phenomena. And it's, oh yeah, I want things better. I want to I, I, I want to create things that are not toxic or things that will help others better. I don't want to give them poisonous uh, pharmaceuticals. In our world, we have to have pharmaceuticals because botanicals can't get to some of these deeper levels of where man's taking his body. But look at all the pharmaceuticals coming out. They're just popping pharmaceuticals out like they're candy. Even a pharmaceutical to prevent you from getting HIV. Really? Take a read what the side effects are with that one, guys. Ah. <laughs> These guys, these pharmaceutical companies will stop at no length. And in my opinion, most of them are tied to the genocidal thinkers. You don't have to put out toxic industry. The botanical are doing it well. Look at our line of botanicals. It's hard to beat Dr. Morris's selling botanicals, let me tell you. It's hard to beat them. They're strong, they're powerful. But it's knowing, it's having the divine help you put things together that is for the folk. But you've got to open up your awareness to do that. And so many of you, I'm so proud of so many of you are doing that. And keep helping others. Put your helping hand out. Even if they're not listening, be a Johnny Appleseed. 
drop little bombs of, of Zenum, you know. Think of little Zen statements that help to open you up. What animal cooks their food before they eat it is a good Zen one. Uh, I don't know of any. I don't see an elephant over there cooking up some vegetables. Funny how that is. So get those kidneys opened up so you can pull that out. Use your neural lymphatic points. Very important to help open it, but dirt down the whole back there. If anything, take a scan of the back and see if you have compression or something like that. I'm going to have to uh, let that stop at that. Let me do one more. Um, I am a type 1 diabetic. So type 1 basically means your beta cells are not producing adequate amount of um, insulin uh, to help carry, uh, carry sugars across the cell wall. Um, remember we talked a lot about that and also that it can be a neurological type 1. All these conditions can be neurological and not have nothing to do with the cells themselves. Like the beta cells, the islets of longer hands could just be a neurological suppression, which would be an autonomic suppression, right? And what glands in your body deal with the autonomic nervous system? Ah, the adrenal glands. But don't forget the solar plexus and the stomach. Big brain here to the autonomic. But your neurotransmitters, that's your systolic blood pressure, that, that's out of your adrenal glands. And so the lower you go with the autonomic, and of course there could be some suppression of nerve impulses to those beta cells from what? A glomulation of what? The lymphatic system. Or you had too much propofol. Like I remember that one case I was telling you about. She had four surgeries, too much propofol, shut down her autonomic, and guess what? She went into a type 1. It wasn't difficult to get her out of that. But then others have genetics on the islets, and so, you know, you got to look at that. But that means you have lymphatic problems in the pancreas. When you either have lymphatic suppression or neurological suppression, you can have ischemic changes, obviously, but that then creates definitely dying cells. You don't get blood to tissue, you're done with that tissue, right? But it's a slower death when you have lymph stagnation to that tissue or neurological uh, suppression of that tissue means there's no lights turning on to that. All those things are part and parcel to healthy tissue, functionable tissues. That simple. Uh, however, I am giving myself more insulin because the grapes are making my blood levels high. Interesting. Generally, it goes the other way, my friend. So if that's true, try another fruit. I mean, you can try your veggies, but you have more uh, glucose in your veggies. And uh, if you're a type 2, it doesn't matter fruit or vegetables going to make you have higher blood sugars. But for some reason, we don't see that mostly in type 1s where we give them all fruit. So try other fruit. Try oranges. Try your uh, mangoes. Uh, try other forms of fruit to see that. Because as a rule, fruit brings your type 1 right on down. Uh, again, you're going to want to work on your kidneys, your adrenal glands, because you always have adrenal gland issues with type 1. So you're, in a way, type 1 is a type 2 and 1 together. Because you can't, you can't have a type 1 in terms of lymphatic problems without having adrenal problems. It's impossible. To have lymphatic suppression of tissue and the functionability of cells means that you have to have a glomulation, which to get a glomulation, you have to have kidney and adrenal problems. It's 
work with it that way and try other fruit and see how that's okay. Uh, it should be a temporary uh, hit to that with the insulin, but uh, remember you can ride a little higher blood sugars and, and you know sometimes people freak out and have to have lower, but people ride around with 200. So it's better to ride with a little higher blood sugar and not take insulin than it is to take insulin and keep your blood sugars down in the 150s. Uh, in my opinion, Brooke, uh, it's just uh, sometimes it's not worth getting addicted to insulin and sometimes that's part of the problem. You get addicted to insulin and then you see that bump with the grapes and stuff like that. And just keep working with that. Keep lowering your insulin, keep working with the, the fruits and fruits, keep working with the herbs to use your uh, get your uh, kidneys filtering. I'm not sure if we still have the blood sugar formula yet. I can't remember if I DC'd that or not. But I did have a good one to control blood sugars, but there's plenty of herbs that help do that. So you might look up those herbs to help you deal with that. Our pancreatic formula is more for pancreatic tissue, but has some blood sugar controlling herbs in that as well. So work with that, but also work with the adrenals and your kidneys. Okay. All right, honey. Thanks so much. And keep working with all of that. And working with the health of the body overall. Everything works together. You also might work with the pituitary gland in that as well because you have controlling factors out of that. If you have nerve rings in your eye, things like that. Again, that's adrenals, working with neurotransmitters. There's so much tied to all of these things. And there is thought, there is thought out there that the liver plays a vital role also with type 1s. That you always find liver and gallbladder problems with type 1s. Uh, I've seen that and I've not seen that, but it's something to think about. I love you guys and start getting these videos going again. We are not totally hooked up, expecting some more uh, glandular junction uh, Comcast today, bringing in our, uh, our telephone lines and everything else for the glandular junction. They keep putting us off, so I don't know, but we're getting there. Love you guys and for each and every one of you that donated, one guy in particular, you're crazy, man, but we love you immensely for that. And I will help each and every one of you for that. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks.